0: Take a trip with us to Nilbog Just promise not to drink the goo oh my
1: God.
0: If you get sucked into the Matrix, Matrix. We will send a phone for you Do you believe in fate? But every movie has a plot hole And every hole gets filled somehow or blue milk, just don't cut me off right now, we're the plotaholics, any breakfast club of two, we're the plotaholics, ripping plots apart for you.
2: That's just like uh, your opinion, man.
3: Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of this Plotaholics podcast. I'm Shane Wilson, and that over there is Brian Tan, now in beautiful Technicolor.
2: (laughs) Yeah, there you go.
3: Which is what we call Virginia here in North Carolina.
2: Oh, that's what y'all call it. Nice. That's I what we call
3: heard. it. It is weird. It's a weird name. I admit that.
2: Yeah. Virginia. The dog is
3: whining today. Yeah,
2: sorry. So that's laying here on the floor. like. Yeah. Just um, What's up Ivy's booty hole?
3: Today? God, what's not up Ivy's booty hole? Um. <laughs> <laughs> um hey,
2: nothing wrong with being a booty slut. Ain't no booty slut shaming around here.
3: Yeah. Um right, yeah, exactly. Uh, so this <laughs> week, Brian, we uh are discussing the uh 2000, was it 16, I think.
2: 15, 2015. 2015. Our, our final our final week of Jack Black Timber, as we start bridging the gap to our listener's choice Halloween. Yeah. So we figured we uh we we started off on the uh, on the spooky foot. Yeah. As they say. Kicking off that spooky. It is bit.
3: spooky season, uh, officially, I think.
2: It uh, is fall is that upon us. Time. Yeah. Well, it don't feel like it here. Well, it feels like it here in Virginia. It's warm, but you can feel the fall in the air. It's,
3: it's changing. Also, there's a hurricane coming.
2: Oh, yeah, that 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 too. Hey, nothing uh, says. I mean, it's I don't think that it's
3: close hurricanes. enough to right. I don't think it's close enough to us yet to affect the weather too much. Like it is markedly less humid than it has been uh down here. You of course, don't, don't know what I'm talking. No. Well, you've been to Georgia. You were in Georgia over the summer. Yeah, so I was you, in you Georgia over the up. summer.
2: Oh, yeah, it is humid as all hell down in yeah. down there. Yeah, man. Um
3: oh, but uh this this week we we're we're talking goosebumps, uh in uh where in we see a Jack Black uh, assume the role of RL Stein, the famed children's horror author.
2: Yeah, man. R.L. Stein. And he also has an... um. There's a little bit of a name swap sort of cameo in <laughs> Which this Which I actually well. really liked. That was cute. That was probably about the cutest thing about this movie.
3: Yeah. I don't know that this movie's meant to be very cute.
0: Yeah, no,
2: uh, well, well, if it was meant to be a good time, then it's definitely not bad. At least not for me, but that's... Yeah,
0: it's... It is...
2: Um... Yeah, I was. I did not have fun with this. Slice this
3: like, off a little synopsis.
2: All right, so this goose, this film Goosebumps, finds us going to Delaware, whisked off to me, the me, me, magical me. world of <laughs> me, 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 Delaware, Delaware, where we see high schooler by the name of. I don't remember. It wasn't that important to me. Zach? Zach Snack. Yeah, Zach Morris, not blonde Zach Morris, and his mom, Michael Scott's girlfriend, moved to Delaware because, well, mom needed a job after dad died.
3: So and honestly, you, you take what you can get, you know?
2: Yeah, at this point, yeah, with this economy. And in you education, you. Uh, yeah.
3: you never really know where you're going to end up. Now, I mean, teachers can can kind of do what they do. Also, there's probably something to be said about her wanting a new start, wanting to get out of like yeah, where you know where all the memories me. yeah. are.
2: Right. Too many memories. So yeah. So
3: you know, she will Zach- have always been uh his widow, right? Like in the old right. town.
2: Right. So not Zach Morris and his mom are looking for a new start in Delaware where they move next door to a very eccentric man and his daughter. Insanity ensues when young Zach Morris decides to go on about one of his schemes with his own version of Screech to be an E into a place where he's not wanted. And turns out R.L. Stein is his neighbor and his childhood drama has taken physical, mystical form.
3: I'll tell you, hearing your version of this makes me wish this was a Safe by the Bell spinoff.
2: It feels like it because I'm sorry, man. Like, number one, am I really supposed to believe that this guy is a high schooler? Like, and I was telling this to Sharon because we watched this last night. Now, this is no shade being thrown at our male lead, Dylan Minette. I
3: mean, he didn't cast himself, you know.
2: He did not cast himself, but he's also one of the he's also one of the new hot young leads, right? Over the last couple of years. He's one of the new hot guys. Like he looks just This like, came out in 15? Yeah.
3: So he was well, 19.
2: Yeah. And so yeah, but eat so a, high he's schooler, a very, but he's a very mature looking 19, though, man. Like in this now, you might know Dylan from the following Fred Claus. Um if you watch Alexander and the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day, the live action version, well, you're a better person than me. I'll stick to the cartoon in the book. He's also in the latest film, Scream. But he is most famous for his role in 13 Reasons Why, Mm. which he is phenomenal in. He is absolutely phenomenal. He's
3: not a bad actor. Uh, He's a
2: great actor. He actually reminds me of a least scary looking Logan Lartner. Because I'm sorry, Logan Lartner looks like he's creeping under my porch to stab me in the throat.
3: Yeah, this kid... uh... Honestly, since we're getting a new Barry Allen, like this kid could take a pass at it.
2: I would love to see him as the new Barry Allen. I think he could do just fine.
3: Yeah, he's got the build for that. You know, yeah. like he's uh he's he's thin, right? Like, but in good he, he's, shape, he's, I think.
2: Thin, he's thin, but not rail thin. Like right, he looks like he could probably whoop your ass if he mm-hmm. had to. Well, and I can see and him. if
3: nothing else, he could outlast you.
2: Oh, he absolutely could. And um so we got him in the lead role of Zach, not Zach Morris, but he reminds me a lot of Zach Morris.
3: And well, he's of the course, less of a jerk.
2: Yeah, he's way, like, he's not a manipulative POS as Zach Morris is, but he's not super innocent either. Right. And then, of course, Amy Ryan plays his mother.
3: Who, and We love Amy Ryan.
2: Amy Ryan. We are big fans of Amy Ryan here on the plot. of Hollis.
3: Honestly, big fan of this cast.
2: This cast is a great cast. This is an amazing cast. Um, this can, can we shout out your homeboy champion for a second?
3: I love Champ.
2: Champ is funny. Well, here's the thing. I got an uncle whose nickname is Champ, yeah. short for champion. But this kid's name is actually champion because his parents are Olympic athletes, and that apple fell so far from the tree, it ain't even an apple anymore, okay? Yeah. It is rotted to the core.
3: Yeah, he's, he's a
2: he's a wimp, and he has no sort of athletic prowess whatsoever. Right, and he he's can't good. dress for shit.
3: I think like that's Ryan Lee plays Champ, Odeya yeah. Rush plays Hannah. She's good. I mean, they're all like likable. Everyone in this film is likable. Charismatic,
2: fun. I love. The, I
3: love Jillian Bell who plays Aunt Lorraine. This,
2: dude, Jillian Bell is so funny.
3: She's so funny,
2: and she's like she's that likable like. Honestly, she is who Amy Schumer wishes she could be.
3: Agreed. Yeah. And she's so underrated. Right. But in the workaholics, she's so funny.
2: Yeah. And her brief time in um Bill and Ted Face the Music was really, really good.
3: Yeah. Um, no, she's solid.
2: In Fist Fight, the film Fist Fight with Charlie Day and Ice Cube, she was really good in that too. She's
3: so funny to me. Now she to me, the unsung heroes of this movie are the two police officers.
2: Oh my God. <laughs> they like, were the this, best part of this movie. They for are sure. The, best the scene where
3: movie. they come to investigate the domestic disturbance at the Stein residence is so right.
2: Funny. Now, so so here's the thing. So so this is what gets everything started. So Zach and his mom move in next door to the Steins and of course, Jack Black being his best quirky, weird serial killer neighbor, Stay away from my house. Can I ask you a question about Jack
3: Black's portrayal of R.L. Stein? Yeah. Uh, There's something that has bothered me. I saw this movie when it came out and, uh, and it bothered me the whole time. Then it bothered me the whole time. And as I was rewatching it, is he doing like kind of a British accent, like kind, like not completely, but kind of,
2: it's like, he's trying to, but he can't really nail it. So it's like, so like R.L. Stein's not
3: British. Like, is that that just the way he thinks that authors talk?
2: I think he I think he, that's how I think he's trying to go for quirky writer cuz it kind of sounds like he's trying to be like that pretentious writer
3: right and it's not type. entirely british it just every now and then he does something with his voice that I'm like is he trying to do a british accent
2: is he trying to be european should is we listen to a
3: little jack black in this let's movie let's listen
2: to a little bit of jack black for a moment
3: and you know what so hmm. sad that they didn't give us any um Singing like Jack Black yeah. always does something, something, kooky, some kooky singing.
2: Yeah, this one it, it's almost like he tried to play a hilarious straight man.
3: Yeah, um,
2: because none of he's not even really funny in this, like he has moments where it's like <laughs> he's not
3: funny, you know. So, the funniest moment that he has in the whole thing mm-hmm. is when he tells that kid, He goes, Shut up, and then he goes, I'm sorry, shut up.
2: Yeah, right. <laughs> That
3: was the funniest thing That was funny um, yeah, you wanna,
2: But you want to know what's funny about Sharon and I's experience of this film Yeah Sharon like really like fell asleep on this Like oh, she yeah? was like She was like watching it and She was like she was like. Well first she wasn't that into it because she feels like As soon as she heard goosebumps She thought oh this is horror I don't do horror
3: Oh right okay
2: And then she's like watching it She's like Hmm Like Um, I can gauge her reaction to each act by her level of interest.
3: Yeah. Now you tell me. uh, How British is Jack Black being? Right. All right. Here is. uh, I don't know that this is the this is a great clip for this, but we'll see.
4: What are you gonna do to us? Silence. Dad, right? yeah, they were only trying to help. I told you to stay away from us, or something bad would happen. But that's a problem with kids today—they don't listen.
3: They don't listen, right? Like that's—that's that's something that's not quite British, but it's also definitely not quite Jack Black's voice. You know what I mean? It's
2: almost like he's trying to get—it's almost like he's trying to sing his dialogue. Yeah, I had to pick up like Snowman of Pasadena*. You couldn't have picked *Little Shop of Hamsters*. See, it's
3: like he's little shop he's, of hamsters.
2: Little shop of hamsters. It's like he's trying to be Shakespearean. Yeah, and this dude's face. Com, but he's this like, dude's face
3: is all of our faces at this point.
2: Yeah, it's like, like this was my, this was my face when it's like, oh my god, how much longer of this movie exists? You're him, aren't you? are him are you hmm?
4: you are RL Stein.
2: R L who? I- so L. the thing is, L. L. here's, so here's he's, the he's pretending like, the, that he's yeah. living incognito.
3: Here's the, the long and short of, of the whole thing. Right. Is like it, what do you think of like, now we can talk about like the execution of it, but what do you think of the premise of this idea that we're going to have this set in the real world Mm -hmm. with a real RL Stein and his monsters are going to really like infiltrate reality. Like what, how do you feel Uh, about that premise?
2: I like the idea of it. I do. I think it's a great idea. The idea, so at what the point?
3: Is great. Right. So at what point does it lose you then? Because we should not get this twisted. This is a PG, a rated PG film. This is a film, a horror film for children.
2: Right. And maybe that's the issue that I have with it: is that I'm not a children anymore.
3: I you are not a children.
2: A child. I am not a children, nor am I a basketball. So fair, very fair. <laughs> yeah. uh,
3: that's the so, That's a deep cut. That is a deep. Uh, and and i think that that is the disconnect for us because us. we like this movie is not for me and you
2: no it's not this movie is made for a seven eight nine ten year old because like when i saw the doll what was the dolls the, slappy the happy slappy hero pup yeah um i'm thinking back to buffy season one with, the, uh, the, with the, uh, the, the, the demon hunter that was trapped in a doll. Yeah. That's where my mind went. And then it's like, or Chucky. And it's like, dude, I beat the hell out of you. Why am I afraid of you?
3: So I think that this is what we have to remember. And this is something that I tried to remind myself of as I was watching it. And that is that Arlstein writes horror books for children, which means that he's really writing comedy, but with like supernatural elements.
2: Correct. And it's only scary when you're you're a a child, a child. Yeah. Cause I mean, I remember those. And it takes a really
3: special talent to do that in a way that it remains marketable.
2: Right. And that's why he's the best selling like children's writer really of all time.
3: Like he's, he's, he's he's very good at what he does. And you know, uh, his very first writing job that he got paid for was writing joke books. Wow. Yeah,
2: that is true. And I remember when Goosebumps first started really rising to yeah. prominence, man. This was like, because the thing is, I used to read those scholastic horror books by mm-hmm. like Chris Pike. Yeah. You know, like I remember I had one and it was a vampire book. And it had a woman on the cover in a bikini. Mm-hmm. And I went to a Catholic school and my book got confiscated. And I was told that I could get it back at the end of the day, but I couldn't bring it to school anymore because the woman was in a bikini.
3: Right. So but R.L. Was, Stein found a way. To, to make
2: these books marketable and, and age-appropriate. So,
3: the covers were so dope.
2: They really were. It was like, as a kid, man, it made you real uncomfortable, but not so uncomfortable that you were terrified to pick it up. It wasn't like picking yeah. up a Stephen King book cover.
3: It was always like me- like the books were meant to be a little funny and a little unsettling. And there yeah. were scary elements to them.
2: It wasn't uh, Are You Afraid of the Dark? That's for mm, damn
3: sure. No, which was made was was marketed to more teen audience because it came on right. later on Nickelodeon on Saturday nights. And it, uh, it also PM? wasn't Fear Street, right? Fear Street was his other series. Which was
2: more frightening.
3: Yeah, it was like legit like murder and shit. Yeah. You know, like but right. here, like no one ever dies in a goosebumps book. No. Um, there's it's always a, a happy ending. It's it's just like a weird. It's like, it's just a weirdness, you know? And so yeah. to that end, the movie sort of suffers because it's a movie and not a book. Uh right. And so you get these sort of CGI to death monsters that just don't really translate well. Um,
2: yeah. And like so it's all just like, yeah. The abominable snowman looks like George from Rampage. Mm-hmm. Um, the werewolf is like his sneakers are up his calves, which mm-hmm. is so funny. Like that's actually kind of funny. Yeah, and um, you know the the giant praying mantis, and yeah, I mean, it, I think the problem with this movie is that it captures the tone and feel of the books perfectly, and therein lies the problem because those books aren't written for us anymore,
3: and like, those even books if, aren't written for the screen because I would no. argue that the series that they made out of those books... The TV
2: series was way better.
3: The TV series was much better because they leaned a little more into the horror aspect.
2: Right. And away from
3: the comedy. And this leaned... This one tried to split the difference too evenly, I think.
2: Yeah, because you never really feel like... The stakes never feel huge.
3: Yeah, when you are in... um, When you watch the series, which was a a half-hour series... Yeah. You don't need the same, like you don't need levity all the time. You just need levity by the end, you know? Right. And then here, I feel like you also like in film, you like, it's not like reading a book. And when you're a kid reading a, a book, that's a little bit scary. You need levity like every chapter or two. Right. But here right. in an hour and a half hour, 45 minutes, like you don't need it all the time. Uh, and uh, so it, it plays more like horror comedy than, than horror uh and really it just plays more like comedy because it does make me laugh a few times you know like yeah there's the, a the cops times are funny the like when they're at the dance and the and the guy's like hey everybody like he like looks out the window and he, <laughs> he like says that everybody laughs and he's like oh my god there's a giant praying mantis eating everybody's like, all right and dude, then he's like enough. all right it's old <laughs> yeah it's so he's like fun. no like, i mean it <laughs> yeah like that's funny I like you get get the call
2: back and he's in the halo because he got his Right.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's funny. And those cops, dude, like I want to find the cop scene because that's so good.
2: Right. Or when Champion like I like it when Champion gets that moment that he gets the girl. Uh-huh. That was a pretty cool scene. That that, that was a nice little scene there. It was really really fun. Um I'm trying to think um your girl our girl from um um Halston Sage who plays um Alara Katan on um the Orville is uh-huh. in that is plays that character. That's a pretty cool scene. I, I think where this movie starts to suffer is that you're right. It leans more toward the comedy. It tries to split the difference between the comedy and the horror, but leans more to the comedy.
3: Yeah, it I it's very really... tropey.
2: It's very tropey. Well, too. right.
3: Yeah, I mean like but but children's horror will be tropey, right? Um yeah. I will say um that I appreciated its investment in the first act in its characters. Yes, the
2: character building of the first act is pretty spot on, it's pretty top notch. Uh
3: especially for a movie for younger audiences, you know, like yes. it's it's they are tropey, but at the same time, like there's some like really nice moments when they go to the abandoned amusement park. Like that's cool. That's visually very interesting. Yeah, Um, obviously. It's obviously Chekhov's gun. Right. But you know, all of that aside, like it is the like, I up. appreciated that they had emotional stakes for these characters.
2: Right. Like at first you're seeing Jack black and you think he's the villain at first. Cause he comes uh-huh. off as a villain. He comes off like someone you need to be worried about
3: yeah yeah here's the here's the police call if you uh, want to see yeah, that
2: let's, let, let's do that i think this is probably the this is probably the funniest part of the it's whole
3: definitely thing. the part that made me laugh the most
2: oh yeah well whenever they were on screen period
3: yeah oh for sure what's
4: going on yeah maybe uh, possibly a, a domestic disturbance i don't know Damn, smoke, You pounding on my door like yeah, the damn police.
0: Yeah.
1: She, <laughs> she just came right out. You're nervous. <laughs> that keep it, we're not there
3: yet. Hello, sir. My name is Officer Stevens. This is Training Officer Brooks.
0: I'm sorry about that before. You don't need
3: to be sorry. You're doing a great job. Really?
2: <laughs> I like that. Wait, what? <laughs> There's no way those two would be there, though. Right.
3: Um. Don't tell me. The- <laughs> <laughs> okay, at try not to
2: laugh. Really? Oh, yeah, you're asking.
3: Actually- it's strange because I've been here alone all night and I haven't heard a
4: thing. No, no he's, he's lying. Where's Hannah?
2: I know it was her screaming. Ah, okay, yes, Hannah's my daughter and she's been staying with me for a while while her mother sorted
4: a few things out. With her new husband, she flew
3: back to London yesterday morning. All right, well that checks out. Well, that, that checks, checks out. out. <laughs> <laughs>
4: sound i didn't know being an audiophile was a crime a
2: <laughs>
4: she <laughs> really went for her good
2: that's <laughs> yeah. so awesome that's hilarious hi i'm
4: so sorry we haven't properly dude that
2: jack black <laughs> face is sorry. hilarious look at that yeah. face is so funny
3: the smug author face
4: yeah oh so much for stopping by and bringing your delightful son and the police Again, <laughs> police <laughs> Apologies for this, sir. We hate coming to the home of an outstanding
2: citizen such as yourself. This chair just sticking out.
1: Hannah! Oh. up. hold
2: Should I tase him?
1: <laughs>
2: oh my goodness! Every time they're on screen.
4: Warning. Hold on, hold on, tell me you don't
3: believe He goes, you know, the the penalty for filing a false police report and that woman goes three years, and he goes, No, it's a written warning. <laughs> 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 like she is so ready to throw the book at anybody, dude. Like that chick is so and but their dynamic together is so funny.
2: Right. Like, like you're under give arrest me, whoa, whoa, we're not giving
3: this movie, but from their perspective the yes. whole time.
2: Yes, that would be a much better film, right there. Like, there's so many movies that would be better if it was told from the perspective of side characters.
3: Yeah. Oh, I agree. No, like, that those two are so funny, though. Like, uh, honestly,
2: I would want to see, I mean, as much as I love Willow as it stands, I would love to see Willow from the perspective of the Brownies. Mm-hmm. I would, of, like, Rule and, and, and Franji, I'd love to see a movie from their perspective.
3: Right. That would be uh,
2: so hilarious.
3: That the the female cop there is uh, played by Amanda Lund, uh, who you may know uh, from, you know, she's done some some television stuff as as That's they do. Awesome. Yeah, uh, that tends but to yeah, but then checks uh, out. Th- th- everything checks out here. Everything checks. Uh, out She was in a couple of episodes of Space Force. So- she was in some Drunk History, um, but. Yeah, she's done some production work, which is cool. Uh, she produced *Neighbors* too, uh, but yeah, so she hasn't done like she doesn't have the extensive background, uh, like I said, uh, several television appearances. But man, she's so funny.
2: She really is. Like, oh my goodness!
3: And then Timothy Simons, who plays off the the, the mail officer, yeah, we've we seen
2: him. We he seen reminded
3: him me so much of Andre from *The League*. Yes, right. But that's not him. Like I was no, like, Yo, did they just, a, 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 like a and they just put a like a hairpiece on Andre? Did they just put on a
2: hairpiece and fix his teeth? Or
3: right, yeah, exactly. Here? But but nope. It's again, it's a big, uh, it's a big television thing. He's done a lot of voice work: uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Big Hero Six, Robot Chicken, Bob's Burgers. I uh, watch, he was in I several episodes. He was Bob he was he's he's probably most known for Veep. Um, Veep. Yeah, he was in 65 episodes of Veep, which was a, I think, Showtime series um, starring Julia Louis-Dreyfus.
2: Love me some Julia Louis-Dreyfus. I've Uh, always got time for her.
3: Yeah, for sure. Uh, So he was in, I think, the full season of that. And then that's probably, like I said, probably his biggest role to date, other than some voice work. Fair enough. He plays a raccoon And a dog and a second raccoon in a series called Housebroken.
2: Oh, I mean, hey, man, you got to be a dog or a raccoon.
3: Yeah. If you're not,
2: then what the hell are you doing in this life?
3: What the hell are you doing? But no, those two, (laughs) I need more of them for sure.
2: Absolutely. I'll tell you what, man. The one thing that Jack Black does pretty well is he he really shows that he can be that over-the-top lunatic. Uh Uh-huh. Or he can be sort of like that snarky kind of quirky character. I mean, mm-hmm. Jack Black can do what he does. It's just that once again, I think with this, I think this film says a lot about his talent as well, because he can be kind of raunchy, he could be over the top, or he can be subtle, or you know, what I mean he's very great at what he does. I think
3: I am most confused by his appearance in this movie. Like he's very fine, clean
2: shaven and tight.
3: He's he's fine as R.L. Stein here. Uh, but it just feels like they could have gone with just about anybody else and it would have also been fine.
2: Dude, yeah, I agree. Like anyone, like you could have gotten
3: like you Andre, want to, Andre look, from the league. Get, for sure. But you want to make Goosebumps like a really good movie? Like give me R.L. Stein played by Ryan Reynolds. Oh,
2: that would be so good.
3: <laughs> like because he would be much more sarcastic whereas like Jack, ba- jack Black plays it mostly earnest right yeah um, he's
2: he's like a quirky earnest type but like yeah Ryan Reynolds would be like thank and thank you I'd, for bringing and your like, precious I,
3: son i've seen RL Stein like do readings and stuff and that dude is snarky and sarcastic right like jack black is just doing his like best impression of a like pretentious riderly professorly type yeah, like a caricature of that for sure, but still, like it's it's pretty much paint by numbers. Uh, it's Ryan like Reynolds would have done something a little different, I think, or I a think Ryan Reynolds I, type.
2: Right. Well, Ryan Reynolds would have just been Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Pretending to be R.L. Stein, not being R.L. Stein. Yeah, and I think you're right. I think that Jack Black is really trying to portray that quirky, pretentious side. Yeah. That's exactly what he's sort of digging into, and I mean, I get. I get it. It kind of works for the universe that they're trying to build here, especially with our other characters because you get that sort of that, once again, here's this word again, this trope of the intellectual and the simpleton with um, Stein and Champ.
3: Well, you know, I was going to... Because they want him to play, like... They want him to come across as a little villainous at first, right? Right. Uh, So who do you think they could get that could pull off the darkness that they want at the beginning, but then flip the script.
2: Christoph Waltz.
3: Mm, Yeah. That would have been good.
2: He would have been amazing as RL Stein. Bring a little bit of, bring a little bit of Um um, Blonda into that. Oh Mm -hmm. my goodness.
3: Yeah. He would have been very good. good.
2: Do you know what it is to be a monster? You have to think like a monster, you know, like, or even like a
3: Robert Downey Jr.
2: Oh my goodness, Robert Downey Jr. You know what? I could even see Anthony Michael Hall doing it. Yeah. If and if you want to, I mean, you could even get
3: oh, give me Will Arnett.
2: There you go. Well, Jason Bateman.
3: Yeah, but Will Arnett with that voice, right? Like, and he can and he can play dark, but he can also play snarky.
1: I'm Ariel Stein. Right. Right. I
3: said shut up. Right, right. I think that I think that would have maybe been my dream cast. I think Can I'm gonna imagine, stick with Will Arnett.
2: You know what? If you put if you know who you couldn't have there is Christian Bale. That's because he just be flipping out on people and it comes out, and now kids are scarred for life. Like there yeah. were no children in this movie, but I could like I could just see him like erupting on someone and they're yeah. keeping it in the movie just because like, oh wow, that's a great, that's a great set right there. That was you know, so method.
3: <laughs> I think that the problem with the movie is and it's something that it, we've circled this a few times, but I want to like maybe this. drop it uh, like it's hot. Hey, the, the, it suffers from something that we have seen over the last 10 to 15 years in, in cinema where we revisit old IPs um, and they are retooled to be blockbuster action flicks, as opposed to what uh, their original genre was and, yeah. um, and so I look at the Jurassic Park franchise as an example of this. The first Jurassic Park film is like a scary, suspenseful thriller. Right. And Jurassic World is an action movie. Yes. And that's the same thing that happens here is that these books are firmly in the horror camp as is the original television series, but this movie is retooled as a as an action comedy. Almost close is closer to Jumanji than it is to the original source material.
2: It really did feel like Jumanji. That's, that's a great point by you. Um, yeah. I mean, some of the shit set pieces in general, the, um, at the climax, when the, um, the Ferris wheel gets set
3: loose, well, it's or like, any of the
2: car chase scenes. It's, it's like,
3: it feels like Jumanji because every, it's like, it comes in waves, right? Like, right, there's this thing that you have to get past. And then like, oh, here are the garden gnomes, right? And then, and then, oh God, here's the praying mantis. And then, oh God, here's the, you know, like, it's just like, Thing yeah. after thing. So it does. Here's the boss.
2: Here's the boss battle with the blob that ate everything. And yeah. Like there are no but the thing is is that it's very cartoony because there are no real consequences. There's no worry of the final solution. Well, the front the final death. There there's none of that.
3: Yeah. that's true.
2: Know, Cause it's like I'm sorry, when I hear the blob, I immediately go to the nineteen eighty-eight remake of the blob. Yeah. And um Like, honestly, if they're really trying to take out RL Stein, then why didn't the blob just like melt him in like acid so that he was dead? But no, he just got to sit there and everything disappeared. And now the visual effects, in some instances, are well done, but in other instances, it looks really, really fake. I mean, yeah, this is 2015, so obviously it's not going to be super amazing, some of that CGI.
3: I mean, but, I would have liked um, practical effects on the Abominable Snowman. Uh, yeah, out of my, like, and the there, werewolf. And the yeah, werewolf. there are some of these things that I think could have been aided by practical effects. And it
2: probably would have uh, but the gnomes were kind of cool,
3: honestly. The like, gnomes
2: work. Like, the gnomes, you got to have CGI. Yeah.
3: But Slappy should always be practical. He should not yes, be CGI. Slappy,
2: The werewolf and the uh, abominable snowman should have been practical. Yeah, and with that and with that blob, you could have done like claymation.
3: That uh, you could also like even with the praying mantis, like of course you could have done like miniature stuff. I mean, they could have they could have like really leaned into old school horror uh, cinematic tropes, right? Like with like stop motion and uh, that sort of thing could have been cool, but. Right. That's not the world that we live in anymore. Uh, I nope. do like that uh, theoretically, like, you know, Slappy, the the ventriloquist dummy, is one of the more popular characters from those books. He, I think that there ended up being three or four of those uh, Goosebumps books that featured him. He's one of the only characters that got sequels uh, in right. that series. And I think that it's, it's cool that in the film, they made the choice to have Jack Black give his voice also to Slappy and um, the
2: invisible kid too
3: yeah right but I do like that he's Slappy because Slappy is like I was R.L. signs like brainchild you know what I mean
2: right and that was also the very first story so I think that that's the very, very, the, very so very
3: good. the very first Goosebumps was a book called Welcome to Dead House oh, okay. uh, it was a haunted house story but I think that Night of the Living Dummy was in the first five somewhere for sure and okay. then and then recurred like every 10 or 15 titles uh, gotcha. They would do another "Not of the Living Dummy" story, um, but the uh, but yeah, I liked that choice to let let Jack Black do his voice, uh, and he did a great ventriloquist dummy voice. Like that's exactly what I anticipate Slappy sounding like.
2: Oh yeah, um,
3: Jack Black's how, voice
2: work is amazing. Jack yeah. Black does amazing voice work.
3: Now, right. how do you feel about the Hannah twist?
2: I. I thought it was probably one of the better twists. I thought it was really, really cool. And I like how they incorporated the whole, you know, first we're sort of keeping it from her. She's like, yeah, I always knew. Yeah. I thought it was kind of cool. I thought it was really, really sweet. I thought that it was, I thought it was very, very, it added a lot of feel to it. That, that, that was like the only real stake that we had in the whole well, thing.
3: Right, I was thinking about that and and you're right but in a world where you can write whatever you want and bring it to life there as are no as stakes honest,
2: as long as it's a special typewriter
3: right exactly uh, the I love it, like when they're asking R.L. Stein, they're like well why can't you just say that everything disappears he's like that's not how it works it's like don't yell at us bro like you're the one with the magic typewriter like tell us the rules <laughs> seriously it's like dude well this is really
2: kind of your fault, so why are you getting mad at me?
3: Right, like, if you could have burned these books this whole time, then, like...
2: Why'd you keep them?
3: Yeah, why did you keep them? But regardless...
2: And then, like, how did you get these shits published, though?
3: Right. Like Now, the thing, like... So, the Hannah thing is good, because it does give stakes. It gives the movie stakes. And also, uh, for children, especially... It would, right? Because they would feel like, oh, this is like, that's his friend, you know? Right. Um, And, but for us, like, we know, like, immediate, so first of all, we know immediately when this thing starts going sideways that she's going to get sucked back into that book. Yeah. And we also know immediately when she does that it doesn't matter because he's just going to write her back to life. Right. Very so much. none of it ever is going to surprise us and we're not meant to be surprised because again we aren't the target audience. These are the movies that kids watch in order to grow up into adults like me and you.
2: Correct. Absolutely. And I mean, hey, sometimes you got a lot of kids and let them know that a happy ending is always coming.
1: Yeah. Because
2: not always. But at the same token, and it's like you said earlier on, the Goosebumps books have some comedy, have some horror, but at the end of the day, it's always a happy ending. Yeah, and there you go. And I think and that, it should be right, right, absolutely. Because the thing is, though, too, is that we, our lead character Zach Morris gets his girlfriend back, but then our our other lead character R.L. Stein gets his daughter back. And I really feel like he had enough growth that he really des- he deserved that 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 was a well deserved sort of reward. Yeah, because. It's not his fault that his typewriter has magic. It's not his fault that they opened one of those books. And even though he's being dickish, I mean, he's really like, look, stay out of my house, because once you find out who I am, you're going to cause an issue and these things are going to run amok. So he also he did not begrudgingly clean up a mess that he didn't make, even though it came from his stuff. He did everything right as a character. It's not wrong to be an asshole. In that right. regard, so in a sense, even though we knew, you know, there is always a happy ending, it was well deserved by our lead characters.
3: Right. I didn't. I never got the sense that they like cut any corners to get there. Uh, no, they, they they did it very. They very earned well. their. They earned their happy ending.
2: Correct. It was very well deserved, and yeah, like I said, this is, this is a movie that the only thing that this movie really suffers from is that it's a very niche market.
3: Um. It's very niche market. As part of the promotional material, uh, while this movie was, you know, while Jack Black was promoting this film, he made a music video for Nerdist.com for a song called Bumps Gonna Get Ya. No, sorry, Bumps Gonna Goose Ya.
2: Oh, I thought it was gonna rhythm. Bumps is gonna goose ya. So I have not heard it, but
3: we can listen if you'd like.
2: All right. If it's not in the rhythm of gonna get ya type melody, I'm going to be very disappointed.
3: Well, we just needed a little Jack Black singing, so let's. Uh, let's there you go. Let's get we did just it. complain about it. We did.
0: MF bumps. <laughs> right. Motherfucker bumps.
4: View it, beware. You're in for a scare. Goosebumps.
2: <laughs> he could be the joker. He could so play to the Joker. Yeah. <laughs> Is that Andre 3000? I'm right.
4: <laughs> That's <laughs> MF bumps. Oh God. Or whatever. Y'all to the dead house. But you better oh, yeah. stay out of the basement. Yeah, you'll be in some deep trouble if you don't need my statement. The goosebumps are a- coming. And they want monster blood, y'all. So you best say cheese and die or all of the which' will call. We're well,
3: young. So it should be noted that he's saying he's referencing all the titles in order of release. Is he a vampire? Um, I don't know. Look at those d- d- oh,
4: but- <laughs> my man or else i trouble. And now that he's unlocked the book, this whole place will be rumbled. So when the shocker hits our shock street, better know that you did me. And you can't hide underneath your bed sheet, cause here <laughs> <goosebumps. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> the goosebumps they're gonna have a real
3: Honestly, it's pretty good. It's pretty good.
2: <laughs> how do you call your parents to say, Mom, Dad? I'm gonna be in a music video called Bumps Gonna Goose Ya with Jack Black and MF Bumps. <laughs>
4: Oh yeah, what are you going to be doing in the
2: video? I'm going to dress up as a witch and shake my fanny.
4: With mutants, pirates, zombies, and clowns, mad living dummies, and ghosts. Ooh. It's clear these evil monsters. Coast to coast. Can't hide from the snowman of Pasadena. Can't run from the world with a fever a swamp. You know you can't escape the unknowns, Rav. Come on, man. It's the goosebumps. So don't cry, monster. Don't say cheese. be trouble what you wish for. let get it. Ghouls will send you on your hairiest adventure. The gonna go The going to The to you.
3: We're would giving Jack Black a little more to do.
2: Yeah, so basically, Jack Black is just singing the hook. Bob's gonna Let's
3: see if he does anything at the end.
4: beware; you in for a scare.
3: Now that "Stay Out of the Basement" book is legitimately the first one of those that I read. Oh, okay. Uh, all right. So I also want to. Yeah, this video uh,
2: reminds me of what's that? that song T Turtle Power from the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles live action, T-U-R-T-L-E Power, by partners in crime. That is what that song reminds me of. Like, that is the level of cheese that that song is. Like, oh my god.
3: So I, I guess also wanted to goose me. I also wanted to play the original intro to the television series because this song is a banger.
2: Is this bump going to goose me?
3: It, the bump is going to goose you.
2: All right. All the nineties. Now, see, I'm rocking out to
3: this. Yeah, this is a good one. I
4: was like, Whoa, whoa.
3: yeah see the practical effects right yeah
2: see now this is
3: way
0: better
3: also what strikes me is that like even at this point he was fascinated with the idea of his stories falling out into the real world right like this opening was the same sort of thing.
2: Yeah, those bumps goose me better than that other one. I'm sorry.
3: Yeah, it's true. Uh, I mean, but yeah, practical effects, effects out. The, yeah. I mean the practical effects in that original series were like, like they were on point. They had like, you know, there was the uh the it's like the the librarian it was a monster or whatever. And like it was like an animatronic mask. You know what I mean? Like it was always practical effects. And I don't know what the budget for that show was, but they did a nice job. I remember Not the haunted either. mask was the very first episode they ever did, and that shit was actually scary, dude. I'll
2: tell you what, I think the thing was though is that back then of the course day, I was a kid, so right. And I and I don't want to be like one of those old guys that says, you know, things in my day were better, but I think that back then filmmakers and TV shows they had to try a little bit harder because now you can default on computer generate computer generated images. Yeah. Where back in the day, man, you had to work harder for that. So I don't know. Bumps might goose you, but the show is more enjoyable, I think, than the movie. Yeah. I mean, I guess one thing that I definitely want to come about with, though, is that this film is, this film is definitely in the ilk of the teen horror, the, the childhood, well, not childhood, the child comedy horror aspect of it. And we don't see a lot of that anymore. Yeah. We really don't. Like we, we don't see a lot of that sort of thing going on. Cause I think kids, kids, horror. I think it translates better to book and it stays better there. So this film took a lot of chances. And I think this is among those sort of string of a, lower point jack black's um film career for whatever reason i think that you know maybe he was well i mean he's a little bit he was he's older than i am so i don't think that he was super into goosebumps but i think because this is around the same time that he did gulliver's travel so i think that he was looking mm-hmm. to do more family-friendly stuff yeah. i guess because as his kids were getting a little bit older he wanted to do stuff so his kids yeah. could see him in and a lot of actors go through that. I mean, Eddie Murphy did that for a lot of years. And, you know,
3: I think that they would be better served to take the power Rangers approach and like make the reboot, like make the new movie for the people that grew up reading the books. Yes. So like, make an adult goosebumps movie, like tell some of those old stories, but like update them for adults now. Right. Cause right. some of those ideas are scary. And if you right. updated those for, you know, they did, uh, they did a Fear Street series, like limited series on Netflix. That was actually pretty good.
1: Huh.
3: Um it was a three-part. Yeah, it, yeah, it is. It's a three-part series. Um and it, it was pretty solid. I enjoyed it. Um but it was uh the, it was essentially the story of like this cursed town uh and it was told in three different time periods. Ooh. Uh but it was interesting. I enjoyed it. So, you know, like R.L. Stein stuff is still like, obviously like alive and well, but I think that, uh, I think that there would, I think they would have something if they, if I like saw a movie trailer for a goosebumps property for a story that I recognized and like for the haunted mask. Right. And like the haunted mask, like this chick starts murdering people in this movie. Like I'm for, I'm, I'm, I'm already better with
2: that. I'd be all for that. But we're but you know what? Next week we're going to be going into some stuff where yep. you know there are people actually dying. Yeah. Oh wow! Did you just see this email that we just got at the uh, the plotaholics at Gmail?
3: I did not. No, what's up? We
2: are we got hit with
3: copyright already. Oh, for the th- for the what the thing we're doing right now?
2: Bumps going to goose you. I think. Dude, either, really? That's I so think funny. We we got hit with a copyright thing, so they they paused our stream. Which is kind of uh, funny.
3: Yeah, it's fine.
2: That yeah, it's whatever. It's fine.
3: It's, it's fine. It's. Um, fine.
2: But I think though that I think you're absolutely right. I think that if they, now here here's what I'm okay with even, maybe do. As you're shooting like the kids version, maybe have an edit that's more adult oriented or young adult oriented. You know what I mean? Yeah for us you know what i mean so then that way well, you have your director's cut that's more for adults even if it's only pg-13
3: you know well, that's what I was PG. gonna say. yeah that's what i was gonna say is there was a movie a couple of years ago uh scary stories to tell in the dark which is another children's horror franchise like book uh but it was pg-13 and it was much scarier right so and at that point all it it like people can die in a pg-13 movie you just don't get gore uh, right and language, right? Like those are the two things that you that you lose right. out on. Then And that, you don't necessarily really have funny. that stuff to have to have a scary. I mean, the sixth sense was rated PG thirteen,
2: right? And it was kind of scary. It, it, it at was at times.
3: Happy, it was it was disturbing. Yeah,
2: right. And I mean, the thing is, is that you can have gore in PG thirteen. You just can't have it gratuitous, right? Like you can see the after effects. You can't yeah. see the what causes it. So it's like. If you want to do text like Nightmare on Elm Street, Mm -hmm. PG-13, you might not be able to show Freddy stabbing someone. You can see Freddy bring his hands up and then swipe down.
3: Honestly, the thing that, like, if you were going to do a remake of the original Nightmare on Elm Street in 2022, like, the main things you would lose would be nudity and language.
2: Pretty much, yeah. Because a lot of the stuff, you don't see Freddy actually do a whole ton because even in the scenes you don't see him
3: impale people on those you know like
2: yeah the only time tina gets slashed you don't see freddy you just see the cuts happen yeah so maybe they don't show the cuts happen but you see her bleeding through her her on night
3: i think that there's i think there's a good possibility that you even show you can even show the cuts happening since you don't see the tool being used
2: correct they just happen right you could see rod lane being hung in his cell Mm-hmm. When Glenn dies, you don't see anything. he just goes into his bed, yeah, and that's it
3: now, like you might lose the blood like the flooding blood. the room, you know
2: right like you you probably would just see like the after effect like he gets sucked into the bed,
3: it all just then, seems so arbitrary honestly like the yeah. the the delineations between different ratings just seem so arbitrary.
2: It really is. I think it's all a matter of like which um, sensor sees it, and then they, yeah. like who from the MPAA sees it, and what their thoughts are on certain things. Yeah, because but, now you can drop, and it's also societal because like now you can drop an f bomb, one f bomb, and a PG thirteen.
3: Yeah, it's true, and it's been that way for a minute.
2: Yeah. I mean, look, Titanic
3: was PG thirteen, and it had full frontal nudity and one f bomb.
2: Woohoo, movies! Yeah, um, I mean, hell, you look at um cobra kai right now it's rated tv ma not ma tv 14 but they're dropping f-bombs now
3: yeah uh goosebumps brian was made on a budget of something around 84 million could be as low as 58 stupid nobody knows what is going on anymore it's a money doesn't matter uh the box office is no object that- it did make 158.3 million, which was enough to get a sequel, but not enough to get Jack Black to come back. Yeah, he's uh, only
2: there for like a glorified cameo, and that's uh
3: uh-huh. right. yep. So uh then on Rotten Tomatoes, it is sporting a 78% on the tomato meter with a sixty-two percent audience score. I think that if you judge this film from a kid's perspective, it's probably about right. The 78. Uh it's a fine kids' movie. It's like
2: it it's just not for, for us. Yeah, you could take your kids to go see it. They'll have a good time. It's it's better than a singing crab movie. Singing a, crab. Yeah, you know, just in case you know somebody has crabs and they sing inside the crotch. That's a kids movie, right?
3: You're talking about sausage party.
2: <laughs> Whatever. Like I mean, what? come on, man. a singing a, a a a film where someone's STD is singing to you. The, the physical. Well, that's the not physical. a kids movie, right? Well, it should be. It should be. that should
3: be a kid's movie? I mean Genital not? Warts.
2: Genital Warts the Musical? Why not? Yes.
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs> hey honey, would you watch a film called Genital Warts the Musical? Well, it's because you're a hater.
3: <laughs> she she do be hating. She,
2: she do be hating sometimes.
3: Like um, I guarantee you,
2: if you ask Michelle, she would watch Genital Warts the Musical. I would
3: watch Genital Warts the Musical, but I'm not a 12-year-old. <laughs>
2: That's
3: a good point by you. Uh, Also, a 12-year-old would totally watch that. (laughs) But should they? Well, Uh I mean, some people
2: let their kids watch Sausage Party. So, I mean, who am I to judge parenting?
3: That's true. That is true. (laughs) Um, Just don't be surprised if you see singing genital warts, you know, singing around the giant monument in the center of their land. There you go. Or the maybe not-so-giant monument.
2: Hey, listen, who are we to judge? That very average and
3: adequately sized monument.
2: Yeah, it's not about the size of the monument. It's about the faith in that monument's abilities.
3: That's right. That's (laughs) right. And we really believe in our monuments.
2: Absolutely. Hey, listen, if I don't believe in my monument, who will?
3: Uh, All right. Well, here's Bartender Smiley (laughs) to tell us how we rate movies, but not monuments.
2: No, not at all.
3: The Platyholic's rating system for the movie's it's a pretty simple system. Basically, they break movies based on how many shots it takes to get through them. So if you got a good movie and you get through it all the way sober, then it takes
0: zero shots to get through the movie. And then if you got a really bad movie, then it could take up to five shots to get through the whole thing. I think you can try to figure out the middle part yourself.
3: So what can I get you? I think it's probably for me, like, if I were a kid, um... I'll tell you, if I, as a as a Goosebumps reading teenager, right, yeah. went to watch this movie, I would have been disappointed in it. Okay. Um, now, as a kid that had never read a Goosebumps book, I would have probably enjoyed it just fine. You know what I mean? Like it's, mm-hmm. but but it is not faithful to the source material, and that is problematic for something like this. I think because I think if you're a kid that is a fan of these books, then you expect a similar feeling watching this movie and it just doesn't capture it i agree uh Um, and so for me it's i'm gonna go with a with a three shot rating for goosebumps
2: to piggyback off of what you said it's kind of like when i was because i was really big into garbage pail kids when i was a kid (laughs) and when i finally watched the movie i'm like is this it what is this it doesn't it's just it's and it's a shame because, you know, and I try to look at this objectively because this isn't made for me. I am not the target audience for this. But at the same token, if you do something well, you're going to enjoy it, whether you're the target audience or not. And, my, yeah. and when you have a cast this talented and you do something this underwhelming, shame on you. This well, because,
3: a- I mean, like, for example, there's so many Pixar movies that... I feel like we both thoroughly enjoy, and those movies are also not made for us.
2: Right, Toy Story is a classic. Toy Story two, a classic. Um, What? What's another Pixar? Uh, Um, Wall-E.
3: Well, we watched Soul.
2: Soul, phenomenal. Yeah. But this this is a five shot rating for me. I'm never gonna watch this again.
3: Yeah, I'll never watch it again either. But I get it.
2: if somebody came to me and said, I will give you $25 to watch Goosebumps 2, I'd say make it 50 and you got a deal. Because <laughs> I have no desire to even watch, I have no desire to ever watch this again. And I mean, from from the completely like, I'm sorry, there is no way that you can convince me that Dylan Minette is a teenager that needs his mom to drive him to school. There's suspension of disbelief, and there's that. The only thing worse is if you got Robert De Niro de-aged enough to be. Oh wait, they did that.
3: Oh no, I feel like, I feel like you're like overlooking a very important detail. Like it's not that he can't drive himself. It's that maybe they only have one car, and they're both going to the same place.
4: Maybe.
2: Like she's
3: like she goes. To, she works there. Like.
2: That's true. But he don't even look like he needs to be going to that school. It no, looks like his mom. Now that bad. is a fair. His mom point. should be dropping him off at the junior college, <laughs> not to high school. Okay, this guy needs to. This guy needs to be like, Mom, hurry up! I got to go to Professor Wilson's class. I'm running late for English Lit. Right. Like he's late for your class. This is one of your students. Like yeah. the only way this guy is still in high school is if he flunked out because he developed a cocaine addiction. Okay, like Mick from um, Teen Wolf, where he only is still in high school because he did time. Yeah. Like no way in hell. And not to mention the fact that and this is something that we didn't really touch on. But I swear to God, if I were in high school and my assistant principal said that we're going to have a twerk in good time, I would just be like, you can never speak to me again.
3: That was like, such a holly flax joke. Like that from was the a office, Beyond right?
2: Holly Flax. That was definitely Holly Flax. That that was yo, I'm prison Mike. Yep.
3: And that you know was what that was be. that kind of energy for sure. <laughs> you don't the drop worst, the soap. <laughs> <laughs>
2: you know what the worst thing is about being in prison? What's that? Prison Mike. The Dementas.
3: Yo, that 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 whole bit is so you would be the bell of the ball. <laughs>
2: <laughs> like, seriously, I want to put on a suit right now and wear a purple bandana. Like, that's all she needed was the purple bandana.
3: Yeah. Uh, well, Brian, uh, we will be having some conversations about our uh, Halloween programming moving forward. But yeah, as of now, we do have five slots to fill and we have four films. Yeah. Uh, we will be doing Insidious, Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, Huzzah, Night of the Living Dead. Yes! And the Critters. Yes! Those will be the first four that we do, and then we'll right. decide something to do Halloween week. Um yeah. and uh well, yeah, critters, so... critters
2: got the most votes, so I think critters would be the Halloween week one, right? Well,
3: yeah, we can we can save that, obviously, but like I said, we have five spots to fill. Right. Um I mean so... worse
2: yeah, I mean worst comes to worse. We could just flip a coin or unless someone gets in some more votes, because you guys have until I don't know, you want to say Saturday?
3: Yeah, sure.
2: So you you guys will have until October 1st to get those votes in. You know, go to the – make sure you guys go to our – go to the forum page right there. It's on – if you're on Facebook, it's pinned in the – it's pinned in the comments section. If you're on our website, go to Plotaholics.com. It's right there. It's even pinned on our Twitter, at Plotaholics. Check us out there. Get your votes in. You have until Saturday to vote. Um Shane Shane is Shane is wallowing with joy right now because we're finally doing Halloween three.
3: Well, unless it like loses out in in these final
2: Yeah, unless they unless they choke like um I don't know, like the the Buffalo Bills did yesterday. Hmm. (laughs) Or like something happens and they end up, you know, Halloween season of the witch performs like the Steelers offense. Thanks, thank you very much, Matt Canada. But I digress. But the time is a ticking away. You guys have a couple of more days. Um, go to plotaholics.com where you can get your vote. Follow us on our socials as well. Um, plotaholics podcast on the Facebook, at plotaholics on the Twitter. And yeah, check it out. Pass it on to your friends. Is there something else that isn't on there that you might have an idea of? Shoot us an email at podcast at Gmail. Because, well, there could, be that, there could be that one horror film That catches our attention that you bring up to us. It's true. Because, I mean, hell, man, last year we had a grand old time with Midsummer. Oh my God, that movie freaked me out. And I love Florence Pugh so much after that. Like, that movie made me a Florence Pugh fan. I forgot that she played Paige in Fighting with My Family, which is absolutely awesome. And the only reason why that pops into mind, not only because we brought up Florence Pugh, but um, the woman that she was playing in, um, fighting with my family, Soraya Bevis, formerly known as um, Paige in the WWE, has just made her grand reappearance on AEW. So, yeah, don't know how I got that far away, but yeah, Midsummer was awesome.
3: <laughs> I enjoyed the shit out of Midsummer. So, yeah, Midsummer so we was will, great. Uh,
2: Sh- Sharon will... said that she was going to be the May Queen, so that you know I could get thrown into some weird little circus tent and set on fire.
3: There you go. Uh, At the very least, we will be starting with Insidious next week. Which is going to be uh, a
2: first time watch for me. I've seen so much of it from the Internet, but I've never sat and watched it. So this is going to be interesting to see Spencer in a horror movie.
3: I have watched Insidious, but it has been years. So uh, when it first came out, probably was the last time I saw it. So uh, so
2: And this is the block of films that Sharon absolutely refuses to watch. Right. This is is the block
3: that Michelle uh, insists on watching.
2: Yeah. So this is going to be an interesting time. So you guys want to get in on this and be a part of what we do. Get on the socials, get on the website, get your vote in. You have until Saturday, October 1st. That's it. Okay. That's it. And that's it. Voting is closed then.
3: Yep. All right. Well, y'all have a lovely week and we will, uh, you know, rate, review, subscribe, blah, 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 blah.
2: Do all that stuff. And if you're checking us out on the YouTube, make sure you hit the like button and subscribe. It's a small click to you, but it's a big deal for us.
3: Yep, absolutely. Especially when we
2: get hit with copyright infringement yeah, stuff.
3: That's right. That, you know what?
2: <laughs> okay. We got goose. Yeah.
3: Our, the bumps goosed bumps, us again.
2: Oh, they did about goose us is a... a Completely, but you know what? I'll take a goose over turkeys because there's some yeah. turkeys up here,
3: man. That's right. All right. Uh, y'all have a good week. We will see you next time.
2: Take care, guys.
0: Take a trip with us to New Just promise not to drink the goo. Oh my God. If you get sucked into the Matrix, the Matrix. we will send the phone for you. Do you believe in fate? But every movie has a plot hole. And every hole gets filled somehow. With whiskey, wine, or blue milk. Just don't cut me off right now. We're the For you.
4: Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion,
2: man.